Please open your Bibles to Jonah through our, our scripture reading today. This is the last week uh, in Jonah, so Pastor Glenn will be wrapping up the Jonah series today. So please open your Bibles to Jonah chapter 4, and we will be reading verse 4 through 11. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up, the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Amen. Well, I'd like to begin this morning with a story from the olden days. Back when I was a child, every year my parents used to order the Sears Christmas catalog in the mail. And my parents then used to give this catalog to me and my brothers, and they would have us circle the gifts that we would want for Christmas that year as a means of trying to figure out what kind of Christmas gifts we would like. And amazingly enough, every year, some of the gifts that we circled would be under the Christmas tree that particular Christmas. Now, you can tell how old I am from this story, because in my childhood, Sears was actually a large, thriving store. Today, I have no idea where I would need to go if I wanted to find a Sears store. My parents' method of buying Christmas gifts would not work today. But every parent still wants to give to their children nice Christmas gifts. Included in those parents who want to give their children good Christmas gifts is God himself. Jesus taught us to call God Father when we pray to him. God is the Father of all who love Jesus. And like any good father, God wants to give to his children good gifts. So one of us, what is one of the best gifts that God the Father could give to his children? What's one of those best gifts? If you were looking for, through God's catalog of blessings, what would you circle today? What would you really want from him as we approach Christmas? Today we are going to conclude our study of the book of Jonah, and we will see that one of the best gifts that God wants to give to us is compassion. Throughout the entire book of Jonah, 
God has been pursuing Jonah. God wants to give to Jonah a new heart. God wants Jonah to share God's own compassion for people. And he wants the same for you too. God wants you to be like him. He wants you to deeply care for all the people that he has made. Now you might ask, well, what's the process that God uses to make us more compassionate? How can I allow God to make me a more compassionate person? Well, let's look at Jonah chapter 4 today, and let's see some ways that God makes us more compassionate. First of all, God sends difficulty to make you compassionate. In the first four verses of Jonah chapter 4, we saw last week that Jonah was very angry with God. After Jonah preached that the city of Nineveh needed to repent, the city actually did turn away from its sin and turn to God. And so God forgave the people of Nineveh for their sin, for their wickedness, and for their violence. This forgiveness of God for the city of Nineveh made Jonah very angry. And so in verse 5, we read, Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what will become of the city. Now, what exactly is Jonah hoping for here? What does he want to see done? Well, he is hoping that God will change his mind about Nineveh. He is hoping that God will destroy these wicked people. That's what Jonah wants to see. And so Jonah builds himself a makeshift booth while he waits to see what God will do. He builds himself a shelter of branches and leaves to protect himself from the heat of the sun. He makes himself a front row seat so he can see with his own eyes what God is going to do to Nineveh. And then he waits. What will God do? Jonah hopes that God will nuke this city of evil people. That's his desire. But while Jonah waits and watches, God also does something. God is always at work to pursue his wandering children like Jonah. In verse 6, God does something really nice for Jonah. We read there, Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Now, throughout most of this book, Jonah has not been exceedingly glad. Instead, Jonah has been exceedingly angry. He's been angrier than one of those TV talk show hosts that you see these days. But now, Jonah is the picture of joy. And what has made him so happy? A plant. The plant was probably a gourd plant. I brought a picture of a gourd plant this morning for you to see. And as you can see, a gourd plant has very large leaves. And so as this plant grew over Jonah, those large leaves would provide a great deal of shade for Jonah. And that made Jonah happy in the heat of the Iraq desert. 
Any shade that you can get in Iraq is welcome for you. But then in the next two verses, God sends to Jonah some difficulty. He takes away his shade plant. Notice what God appointed for Jonah in verse 7 and verse 8. First, in verse 7, God sends a worm to attack the plant. And then in verse 8, God appoints a scorching east wind so that the sun beats down on Jonah's poor head. Now, what do you think Jonah was thinking at this point? I think he was probably thinking something like this. Really? On top of everything else, this? After all that I've been through, God? First, you send a violent storm on the sea. The sailors realize I'm to blame for the storm. They throw me overboard into the water so that I can drown. And then you send this giant fish to swallow me. Finally, God, you do one nice thing for me. You send me a plant to shade my head. And then what do you do? You take away my plant. What else are you going to do to me, God? I give up. And so Jonah in verses 8 and 9 says, he's done with life. And he's done with God. Clearly, God had sent a lot of difficulty Jonah's way. But was God just being mean to send all this pain into Jonah's life? No. God was working in Jonah to change him. The pain was meant to change his life. He was mainly trying to free Jonah from some of the idols in his heart. One of Jonah's own major idols was his self-righteousness. Jonah thought that he was better than everybody else, especially the people of Nineveh. And if Jonah were to develop a compassion for the people of Nineveh, then he would need to have all of that pride and self-righteousness removed from his heart. And how does God remove pride and self-righteousness from us? Through some very painful surgery. Through some very painful circumstances. That's how pride gets ripped out of you when God sends pain your way. When we go through hard times, we are just as needy as everybody else. We have the same needs as those people do. We need God's grace just as much as the person next to us does. And certainly, Jonah needed God's grace as much as the people of Nineveh did. He was just as sinful as they were. When you realize that you are just like other people, even bad people, that gives you a compassion for those people. None of us likes pain, but sometimes God must hurt us to make us compassionate. Recently, I was reading a story in World Visions magazine about a, a man from Chicago who had decided that he would become a child sponsor for a child overseas. This man had been born in India, but he never knew his parents. 
He had been raised in an orphanage. And like all children in an orphanage, he wanted to be part of a family. But all that he could do was wait. The orphanage had taken his picture along with the pictures of all the other children in the orphanage, and they had sent them to adoption agencies around the world. All he could do was hope that someone would look at his picture and say, we want this boy to be part of our family. We choose him. And that's exactly what happened for this child. When he was three years old, a family from America looked at his picture and decided they wanted to adopt him. He was chosen then to be part of a family in America. So when this man grew up, and when he saw pictures of children living in poverty overseas, what do you think rose up in his heart? What came up within him as he saw a picture of a child who longed to be chosen? Compassion. Compassion that was put there by God through the pain that he himself experienced as a child. The pain of his own childhood, of longing to be chosen, caused him to become a child sponsor himself. Pain led to compassion. He looked beyond himself to see the need of another person. And God had to do the same thing for Jonah. And many times he has to do the same thing for us. In order to free Jonah of his pride and of his self-righteousness, God had to bring pain into Jonah's life so that he could see that he was no better than anyone else. Jonah needed pain to develop compassion for others. God not only sends pain to cause us to develop compassion, he also sends the destruction of our idols to make us more compassionate. We have already seen that one of the main idols that Jonah had was the idol of his self-righteousness. But the other main idol that God needed to deal with in Jonah's life was his love for his country. And it was this love for his country above everything else in the world that God was trying to destroy in Jonah by destroying the gourd plant that had brought shade to Jonah. The story of the plant that Jonah loved so much revealed that God alone has the power to give life and God alone has the power to take life away. God quickly gave to Jonah that plant that provided shade for his head. And God quickly caused that plant to wither and to die. That plant, then, was a living parable for Jonah. God had given Israel life. He had brought the nation that Jonah loved into existence. But this nation had wandered away from God into idolatry. And so now God was going to judge Israel for its sins through the Assyrians who lived in Nineveh. God had given life to Israel, and now God was going to take Israel's life away. And Jonah hated what God was going to do to Israel, his beloved country, the country that he loved more than anything else. 
We see Jonah's anger toward God then come back in verse 9. God asks Jonah there, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And Jonah said, Yes, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. Now, why, why is Jonah so angry? Is he really all that upset about the loss of a plant? Is that what's really bothering Jonah? Somewhat. But the real issue for Jonah is his anger with God. He is confused by God. He thinks that God is totally inconsistent in his actions. One minute, God is merciful to people, and the next minute, God destroys people. Just like one minute, God gave life to a plant, and the next minute, God destroyed the plant. In the same way, one time, God gave life to Israel, and now God is about to take Israel's life away through judgment and through the people of Nineveh. And so Jonah asks God, God, how can this be? Who are you, God? You are so inconsistent. Are you merciful or are you just? Which is it? And God's answer to his question of Jonah is yes. God says, I am both. Jonah, I am both merciful and just. It's both and, not either or. So I will show mercy and forgiveness to people who turn away from their sin, people like the people of Nineveh. And I will judge people like the Israelites who stubbornly hold on to their sin. Jonah, I know that you love Israel above everything else. I know that Israel is your idol. But I must judge Israel for their sin, since I always act consistently with who I am as a just and a holy God. God then gets the last word with Jonah in the book. And in his last word, God lets Jonah know that actually it is Jonah who is inconsistent, not God. In verses 10 and 11, God says to Jonah, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? The word pity that is used here in verses 10 and 11 is another word for compassion. It's a word that means to grieve over someone, to have your heart broken, to weep for another person. What does Jonah have compassion for? A plant. Now, it's good to have compassion for all of God's creation. God talks not only about the plants here, but also about the cattle here. God has compassion for all of these things. But what does God have compassion for more than anything else? What does God love more than anything? Is it plants? Is it cattle? It's what? People. 
It's people that are on God's heart. It's people that God loves more than anything else. It's good to care about all of God's creation. But people are always on God's heart. People, believe it or not, can actually break God's heart. It's the people that God has made that He loves more than anything else. And so God asked Jonah, how can you love a plant and yet at the very same time not love 120,000 people that are on the verge of the judgment of God? Isn't that inconsistent? And isn't it your idolatry of the nation of Israel that has caused you to lack compassion for Israel's enemy, the people of Nineveh? If you are going to have compassion for these people, Jonah, I'm going to have to destroy your idol first. You're going to have to love me and what I love, people more than the nation of Israel, if you're going to become compassionate, Jonah. Jonah then had a decision to make. Who would he worship? God or the nation of Israel? If he worshiped God, then he would have compassion for Nineveh. But if he worshiped Israel, he would have no compassion for anyone who was an enemy of Israel, including the people of Nineveh. So church, here is my question for you today. Are you compassionate? Do you love people, even people who are very different from you? At the end of the book of Jonah, God makes it clear that those who are his people have one very important characteristic. They are compassionate. So are you compassionate? If you don't have a whole lot of compassion for people who are different from you, pray to God to give you that compassion in the days to come. Pray for God to make you more like himself. Otherwise, do you know what God's going to have to do to make you more compassionate? He's going to have to take you through a lot of pain. A lot of pain is coming your way if you lack compassion. He's going to have to destroy some of your idols so that you love him above all else. It is only the destruction of your idols that will make you compassionate. This is going to be very painful for you. But I want to tell you the pain of the destruction of your idols is worth it. It will be worth it because if God is your greatest love, if God is your greatest delight, and if God is the one that brings you the most joy, you will be truly free at that moment. You will be free from all of the things that drive you, that control you, that enslave you. God is calling you then to find your all in all in him. And when you find your all in God, that's when you find your joy. Could any of you use more joy in your life today? 
Okay, have you used that? The joy is found in God. That's where real joy is. He is the source of joy. And so worship Him above all else. It is the worship of God that will lead you to a compassion for other people. The final thing that God sends into your life to make you more compassionate is God sends you Himself. In His conversation with Jonah, God was saying to Jonah, his prophet, I am weeping and grieving over the city of 120,000 people. Why aren't you? If you are my prophet, why don't you have my compassion? Why do you lack it? But while Jonah did not weep over the city, Jesus, the true prophet, did. I want you to notice the difference between Jonah and Jesus. Jonah did not weep for Nineveh, but Jesus certainly wept for Jerusalem. Jesus had true compassion. Let's read out loud together from Luke chapter 19, verses 41 and 42. Let's read together. And when he drew near and saw the city, He wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, now hidden from your eyes. Jesus' heart is broken for Jerusalem. He knows that this city has rejected him as their Messiah. And he knows that as a result, judgment from God is about to fall on Jerusalem. And so when he realizes this, Jesus does not say to Jerusalem, after all that you've done to me, you deserve the judgment of God. That's not how Jesus reacts. No, Jesus has compassion. He cares about the people. He weeps for the city. The pain of the people brings Jesus pain. Jesus is the prophet that Jonah should have been. Jesus, of course, not only wept for the city, he actually died for the city. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of Jerusalem's sins. And he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins as well. He died so that we might be forgiven and so that we might have eternal life one day. He did all of this for us out of his great compassion. And now Jesus lives in us to give us compassion for those who are around us. He gives us the power to live a compassionate life. Compassion is one of the blessings that Jesus wants to give you this Christmas. Will you receive this compassion from Jesus this Christmas season? Will you have compassion for all of the different people that God has brought into your world? People of different races and religions. People of different political persuasions. People of different personalities. People of different economic backgrounds. 
people of different ages, will you have compassion on all the people that God has made? That's part of what Jesus wants from you this Christmas, compassion. Compassion for all of the people that God has made. If you are a Christian, Jesus now lives in you to give you the power to have this kind of compassion for people. Let's live with that compassion this Christmas. The end of the story of Jonah is a cliffhanger. The whole book is not so much a book about a whale. It's not even a book about the people of Nineveh, although God certainly wanted to save the people of Nineveh. It's actually a book about God pursuing one person. And who is the person that God pursues throughout the entire book of Jonah? Who is God after? Jonah, his prophet. He wants Jonah to turn away from self-righteousness and to recognize his own need for mercy and grace. He wants Jonah to reject his idols of self-righteousness and the nation of Israel and to worship God as the one true God. And so God gives to Jonah one final question in the book. Jonah, you don't want me to have compassion on the city of Nineveh. But shouldn't I? In light of who you know me to be, should I not love the city which I have made? And Jonah, should you not join me in having compassion for Nineveh? And that's when the book falls off a cliff. We never get an answer from Jonah to God's question. The book just ends. We get to the end of the story of Jonah and we're like, wait, what? Where's Jonah's answer here? It's got to be in here somewhere, but it's not there. Jonah never responds to God's question. It, the book just ends. And we think, well, where's the end of the story here? What does Jonah say? But this is actually the perfect end to the book. It lets us provide our own conclusion to God's question. Because you know what? You are Jonah, and I am Jonah. We are all self-righteous. We all look down on people who are different from us. And so now the arrow of God's question is pointed straight at our heart. Will you be compassionate like God? Or will you be hard-hearted and hope that other people are just judged by God? Which will you be? I pray that God will fill us with his compassion, and that we will share that compassion with the world around us. Let's pray together. God, how grateful we are that you are a compassionate God. Thank you that you love all of the people that you have made, even when those people are wicked, like the people of Nineveh. Thank you that you care for everyone. And so I pray that you would be at work in us. Bring to us mercy and grace. Fill us with your compassion so that we might bring that compassion to those who are around us. In your great name we pray.
Amen.